With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network presents Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. Interact with the show by calling 859-280-CATS. That's 859-280-2287. Now, with Larry Vaught and Anthony White, here's Curtis Birch. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson, all with you here today. Spent the end of last hour talking some UK football. Got a couple more topics to cover in that regard in this hour. Plus, got some tweets and emails about Kentucky basketball. We'll share those as well and get the guys to react. But, Larry, we can go no farther without congratulating Abby Steiner on winning the gold medal um, and tying the collegiate record in the 200-meter indoor at the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships on Saturday. Uh, an amazing athlete. She's won multiple SEC Track Athletes of the Week awards this year. She continues to just break the the Kentucky record in the 200. <laughs> she sets it, then breaks it, then sets it, then breaks it. Feels like she's done that so many times this year. Uh, but an incredible uh, runner, and just another thing that this athletic department has uh, should take so much pride in that they get somebody to to win that. Yeah, I mean, she's just been fantastic. One of the best times in the world this year with what she just did. And, I mean, I would think outdoor season she'll be just as great there. I mean, I can't even imagine how you can run that fast. It's just incredible to me. But she's such a pleasant and personality to listen talk when you hear her talk. And all the, her, her accomplishments are just unreal. I mean, when you look at what – the overall UK athletics department has done on the female side. It's just incredible right now, Curtis, what, what they are doing. I mean, Pat Mitch Barnhart on the back for how he's put that women's side of this athletics program together because they are doing things that 15 years ago, I just would have never thought possible. For sure. Anthony, listen, listen to these, these times she, her, she ran the 200 meter, in 22.38 seconds. That's tied the all-time indoor collegiate record and NCAA indoor championship record. Gabby Thomas of Harvard also ran that time. It's the second fastest indoor in the United States history. Only Gwen Torrance has run faster. She ran a 22.33. And it's tied for the fifth fastest indoor in the history of the world. So, I mean, when you're when you're in the top five in the history of the world... At an event, <laughs> dang. <laughs> yeah, a twenty-two, a twenty-two is definitely getting it. It is, it is absolutely getting it. Uh, like you said, I'm happy to, to see that the other sports are 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 doing good. And it's it's funny that every sport we talk about, we could always throw 
you know, COVID suspecting on that. But as for a, a track runner to, you know, have to hone their craft and not, you know, put on those those COVID fifteen or twenty, I don't know how many you guys will put on, but uh, you know, to to use the discipline and continue to train. I hate to go back to it, but it's you know it's kind of kudos to her for doing what she does. But it uh, also shows that what I, which I keep going back to, just because of COVID, doesn't mean these other sports can't work on your craft in the meantime. For sure. And keeping uh, along those lines, Larry, as you were talking about the, the women's sports, Kentucky volleyball continued to roll. Um, senior night was last night for that squad, and they continued to extend their win streak. Yeah, they had a little, had to go to a fourth set against uh, Ole Miss, <gasps> lost the third set, which is something that Craig Skinner had talked about a few times this year. They had kind of lost their focus in third sets after winning the first two. But still 16-0 and and now sets up the big showdown with Florida this coming weekend. They've got a two-match lead over Florida, so if they split, they're going to win the SEC championship. If they sweep, obviously they're just going to nail it down. Mm-hmm. What they can't have is to lose two matches, and with the way this team plays and the depth they've got, I just can't see that happening. For sure. So congratulations uh, to them and congratulations to the seniors uh, that were honored on, on such terrific careers that are not over. They still got a lot of lot of things that they're trying to uh, accomplish as well. Let's um, um, wrapping up those the non football and basketball topics. Really just a quick note. If you missed it, Kentucky. Uh, baseball won yesterday against Georgia State, and they are back in action today at 145 uh, against Georgia State. Darren Hedrick will have the call on 98.5 here in Lexington on the FM dial, or you can listen on UKAthletics.com if you are out of market. So we got a couple comments, guys, on Twitter. Philip tweeted in Anthony and says, what alarms me about Cal is there have been two games in a row where the team had no idea what to do on the last play of the game. To me, that's a serious breakdown. At least Saturday, they did get off a good shot. Um, if you uh, watch, there's a lot of bad shots that get taken in college. But that's not deflecting <laughs> with execution on Kentucky's roster. But these times of year, you do see some uh, some interesting things. But Anthony, your your thoughts on on that tweet and the final shot they got uh, against Mississippi State? On the tweet itself, at face value, I think I recall Cal saying uh, in the clutch he doesn't like to call timeouts because he don't want to let the the other team set up. Uh, I'm I'm not really sure what he, I'm not I'm not upset with him getting Dante Allen to look if that's what really really was called. There's some question if that was called. I also am not upset with Dante Allen shooting the ball early because I remember earlier in this season we we had a, uh, a last-second play and we wanted to get the shot off early, and I didn't know it. And I, I kind of overheard him talking about he wanted to give our bigs a chance to get a rebound. That's why he wanted to get the shot off early so we can get a second shot off if it missed. Uh, yeah. The, my thought is, and this is, this is only hindsight to hit 2020. I'm not sure. I would have drew up anything different, maybe a, a closer shot for Dante Allen. But I, I feel like Mintz should have uh, pressed the ball a little bit more, see if he couldn't get to the bucket or an elbow shot or a pull-up 
And once they collapsed on him, he probably could have kicked it out to Dante Allen as well. But that's in hindsight. I don't have a problem. Dante was pretty hot. So I don't have a problem with it. Uh, but I, I'm not sure if Cal really is a last-second play-draw-up guy because I've heard him say plenty of times that he doesn't like to stop the ball if, if you can. I was surprised he called a timeout, actually, uh, when we yeah. only had, what was it, seven, six seconds, seven seconds. Mm-hmm. I was surprised he called a timeout because he likes to let the guys make a play and not let the defense set up. I'm not sure if I agree with it. But I've heard him say that. As long as that's your philosophy, you know, my I'm, I'm fine with this. If that's your philosophy, I, I Larry, I think I don't know about you, but I think it's a a great philosophy when you have Emmanuel quickly last year. You have a guy, you know, like going back, John Wall, uh, Brandon Knight, the Harrison twins. You know, when you have all those things, you don't necessarily need to draw up a play because the best play is them just going to to get a bucket and nothing them set up the you know the things they want and you just do proper spacing with this year's team you didn't necessarily have a bucket getter and i think that 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 probably can you know be a reason why some of the execution wasn't ideal late but uh, along those lines and then your thoughts on on the final uh, possession there of the season yeah, I think John learned it this year went on. He, he needs to call timeouts and help this team. So there's nothing wrong with that because a lot of coaches do it all the time. And and I was fine with the last play. It looked to me like that was kind of what was drawn up, that, that Mintz was going to advance the ball as far as he could and go with what he could. And I think when he saw that the guy that was on Dante kind of came on up to help on him because I've got to believe that Ben Howlin didn't want Davion Mintz getting that last shot off either and had mentioned that a lot and I was a little surprised that Allen ended up over there but even though it was three steps behind the three-point line and he got the ball and he might have rushed it just a bit but I think that's also because you want to get it up there and hopefully maybe you can get a rebound but that's a pretty darn good look that was a guy that was probably well he he was your your best shooter and best uh, three-point guy that day and the other thing is I think Kentucky was Six out of fifteen on layup con- or shots that are considered layups on the stat sheet. So trying to take the ball yeah. inside to score is probably not the highest percentage move for Kentucky to do because they just don't shoot those very well. Yeah, I think that that's a good point as well. Got an email from uh, Jerry. He says, "I've been listening to a lot of sports shows for over fifty years, and all coaches Rupp, Hall, Patino, Sutton, and Cal." have uh, had people calling for their heads, and every one of those are Hall of Famers or should be. It amazes it amazes me that people are, are like that. And then he proceeded to kind of talk about how as much of the positive it is for the fan base to be so intent and so interested in the program, sometimes the, the Fairweather fans that can jump off a bandwagon hurt the perception for you know, maybe coaches and maybe maybe even uh, recruits. And so I, I think, Larry, to the point we were talking about earlier, criticism and kind of contemplation about how to improve the season next year is fair, good, I think is all part of being in a fan base. But when you kind of take it to cr- a crazy extreme, you have to do be a little bit mindful that it, it could be hurting um, in recruiting. And, and, and I think that you've – I don't know. I, I've heard people talk about how – that turns off some players that fans when they when they get negative to a program and specifically to players. Well, th- th- there might be some that it does, but my 
my philosophy there would be if, if a guy didn't think he can take the heat, he probably doesn't need to be at Kentucky anyway because that's just something that, that's going to happen. If you want the limelight, sometimes you're going to have to take the heat that goes when, when you don't perform well. And the guys that have played the best at Kentucky, they turn negatives into positives for them. And I think that's the kind of guys that John normally tries to recruit. So, uh, again, I, I just don't buy into the fact that you can now – like some people want to say, well, the fans are being too negative, they're being too hard. No, you you build those expectations. I mean, this was a team that went into the season ranked in the top ten, considered a Final Four contender. That John Calipari said had you had to get a season in because he really liked his team. You had what was supposed to be the best transfer in the nation. You had two top ten recruits. So again, I think to me, it's understandable why some fans are disappointed. And if you're not. If you've got a fan base that's not disappointed in 9-16, and 16, then I think you probably need a new fan base. There you go, guys. Larry Vaught says John Calipari shouldn't have won all those games earlier in his career, and that's why you're all mad. So, uh, Anthony, I mean, that's an interesting point, but I never thought of it that way. If you think the fans <laughs> are at John Calipari's head now, you didn't look at tweets on that 38-0 team when they lost that game, did you? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't see how terrible – you didn't see what terrible decisions he made down the stretch in those last two or two games, did you? So that's, that, that's part of it. And, 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 if you think, and if you think Calipari is getting unjust uh, criticism, go check Tom Brady's Twitter feed, LeBron James, Floyd Mayweather. Go check those guys' Twitter feed. Man. If you're not great, people ain't talking about you. We could be uh, – what's his name? Mack. Chris Mack. We could be Chris Mack and them, and people don't really care. Well, plenty of people are talking about Chris Mack's coaching, comparing him to an, a, another former uh, Louisville coach. And uh, we're going to talk about that after uh, this break because it's got a lot of conversations going on around the bluegrass. I'm Curtis Birch with Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson. We'll be right back after this. You are listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson all here with you. Let's uh, let's get to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Mike is there. Good morning, Mike. Uh, yes. Uh, I was wondering, uh, I know they have three recruits coming in, but how many more are they after and how much or what? How does that depend on who's coming and going and and so on? Thank you for the call, Mike. Uh, Larry Vaught, target-wise, I'm I'm more actually out of the loop than ever, really, when it comes to basketball recruiting. And I think in part because it seems like a lot of the uh, – there's always going to be transfers, and those are always transfers in, and those are always question marks, um, even though you hear some rumblings about things. But – uh, you mentioned uh, there is another point guard that I think recently opened his recruitment up that Kentucky's been mentioned in, right? Yeah, the name of, uh, I believe it's Tay-Tay Washington. And then, of course, there's still Hunter, Hunter Salas out there and Brandon mm-hmm. Pazinski that they are been, been talking to. And J- Jaden Hardy's still sitting there listing Kentucky, even though most people think he's going to head to the G League. So there's a lot of a lot of things out there. Then, like I said, J- Justin Powell from Auburn has entered the transferred portal and it's being you know rumored a lot to, to be on or, or that Kentucky is really high on his wish list how high mm-hmm. 
he is on Kentucky's wish list, I think, is something that we don't know. So, and then who knows? Once the NCAA tournament ends, how many guys might be in the transfer portals from other schools? So, I think it's probably an unlimited number that Kentucky would still be looking at right now. Yeah. that's a, <laughs> I think that's a great point. <laughs> Who they're looking at? It's uh, you, we don't have enough time in this show. <laughs> well, yeah. let me phrase it this way: Who they could potentially be looking at? We don't have enough time in this show to list all of them. Um, but from a roster construction standpoint, obviously you have Cameron Fletcher announced that he has entered the transfer portal and will be playing um, somewhere else. And so there's that's one spot open, thirteen scholarships. So. The math will work out once we figure out who's going, who's staying, and, and those kind of things through throughout this summer. Um, guys, uh, Rick Pitino is going to be in the NCAA tournament, and a lot of people, well, actually everybody's been talking about it because it's a rather interesting story, his first year back in college basketball. Larry, are you surprised he was able to do it? No, because I think one thing, whether you like, dislike, Rick, one thing you have to admit, the, the guy can flat coach and to overcome the COVID issues they had. So if they went three months without playing a game and then to come back and be able to still win the conference when they, I think, I think winning percentage wise, they had the third best record or the yeah. third best winning percentage in that league but because they played so few games that league seeded by how many games you won. They had to go in as gotcha. the eighth, as the eighth seed, but. I'm sure Patino just said, hey, we got to beat the number one guys anyway. Let's just beat them the first round. They did, and now that's his fifth team to get to the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, you just got to say that the guy can coach. I mean, it doesn't matter what else you think about him. He can coach. Well, it does matter a little bit what else you say about him, Larry, because he got lo- – let me phrase it this way so I don't get in any trouble no one gets mad at me. He was at the top of the Louisville program when they got in all their trouble recently. So I mean that's a that's a big factor in all this I think. But he can still coach. That's all I'm saying. He can still coach the game of basketball. And he can also get a program in big trouble, Anthony. No, no. See, we we can't go there on Rick. Like he said, if if you are, if he's talking about basketball. Like like Larry said, if you're talking about getting basketball, getting wins, getting the guys to buy into your philosophy, that's one thing. Being an idiot or just anything outside of the sport, that's separate from that. But as far as basketball is concerned, Rick gets guys to do what, what they need to do to win. And that can change. <laughs> but there's one thing all, all his teams all look like in some facet. Except for when he coaches the Boston Celtics. Then they don't look good. Yeah, because he can't tell them what to do. <laughs> I'm just being the the old devil's advocate here on Rick Pitino. I do like uh, what would be interesting, what could be interesting, and we're up against a break, but I think I, I've seen at least a couple bid-stealing conference championship wins. I know Georgetown um, stole one. I think Oregon State was in the same boat. I'm not 100% sure if they were in or not um, from some major conferences. And uh, Louisville is currently uh, r- right on the bubble. I think most people still have them uh, projected in. But man, that Louisville fan base—they uh, would not feel—they would not be happy if they got if they don't make the NCAA tournament and, and Rick Pitino does. But that's college basketball. We're getting to a break. Coming up after this, we're going to switch to football. Talk about some of the early enrollees and what they had to say. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This week, I'm Curtis Birch with Larry Vaughn, Anthony White, Bo Robinson. You are listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson, all with you here today. Time to talk some some football. The a few of the early enrollees talked to the media this week. We mentioned about uh, what Jagger Burton had to say, but uh, Larry, uh, a bunch of the other guys spoke as well, including Wandale Robinson. Anything that uh, those guys said that really stood out to you? Well, I think what I like the best was just uh, punter Wilson Berry's personality. Curtis, my first time to have a chance to talk to him. I know you've talked to him before, but my first time to have any interaction with him at all. And I was really, really impressed with just his personality, demeanor. And and I think he's a really interesting guy because obviously he has pretty big shoes to fill following Max Duffy. But when your brother's an NFL punter, you're kind of used to filling big shoes anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, I got a, kind of a kick out of him talking about that. And I also like the way that he talked about I don't remember who it was that asked him about who he was working out with or who's kind of in charge to have a specific special teams coordinator. He just said that Max Duffy thought he was the coordinator. And we just <laughs> bossed them all around telling him what to do. So I kind of like that one. That was my, that was my favorite. Yeah, he he's definitely fun to – Fun to talk to Anthony, uh, one of those Australian guys. He's got that fun demeanor. Uh, there's been some fun stuff written about him. I think Josh Moore of the Herald Leader, he might have actually asked that question but he that you were referring to, Larry. And he also wrote about how uh, Wilson was worked in a burger shop <laughs> for a while. And uh, my thing with him was he, he when I interviewed him for the Behind Kentucky Football podcast a couple weeks ago now, he had a Chuck Norris uh, poster behind him and he talked about Chuck Norris uh, as well in the press conference Anthony so that having those kind of personalities are, are really fun oh yeah you need that in the locker room uh, I don't know if you recall me saying when I was team captain before every practice when we you know coaches would do their thing we would come up and break down before I would always come up with a joke like I mean it, it's such a once we once you blow that whistle and we start practice, and it's going to be strenuous and strain all day long. So, yeah, to have good guys that you know you can, you know, lighthearted and crack jokes about, that's a that's a that's a good thing, man. For sure, that. for sure. Uh, uh, Anthony, I don't know how much you got to see uh, from that that press conference of the of the some of the new guys. Did did you see much of it? Did you have any takeaways from it? 
No, I mean, only part I got, I did get to see Jack, some of Jack or Burton's uh, mm-hmm. interview or whatever. That, that's the only one I actually caught. And it, uh, like I said, the only thing I took away from that was it reminded me, well, I guess, I guess a lot of that stuff reminded me of going through the process and, you know, being a, a local star. And that's, uh, I don't know if I, if it was a local, when I was watching the news, they were talking about some of the guys that come back to Kentucky to play football or, or stay in Kentucky to play football, how much more of a stress it is. But it doesn't, it, it seems like business as usual with, uh, with Jagger through his interviews. He just seems like there's nothing. I think a lot of people take a lot of extra pressure on staying home to play for their home school. Yeah, and Larry, I think it's the interesting dynamic that's kind of with with these early enrollees in this this class and in general. And, and Jagger said this that he was talking. I think we said with Lavelle Wright that he was like, "I oh, man, I am so glad I'm here because if I wasn't, I feel like I would be missing out on something." Because He's with all his friends, all these guys from Kentucky, and on top of that, you know, we talked about earlier, roommate uh, David Wallball. Um, I'm going to say that name fast so I don't mispronounce it. Isn't it like they've they've already kind of built this like mentality where they're in together? And with football, obviously, there's going to be uh, attrition. That's just how how the the college football is right now. But it definitely seems like they're forming a, a great foundation of kind of all all in. You know what I mean? All in for the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jagger, to me, is just like Landon Young, too. I mean, he just reminds me so much of Landon's demeanor, his his love about being at the University of Kentucky, his way he got along with teammates, the way he approached the program and embraced everything about it. I mean, I think Jagger is just that same type of young man who'll just work and do whatever he has to do to get out there and never complain. We'll just be happy to be here and want to help build this program, and it's important to him. And it's just fun to to, to listen to him. I mean, every interview, I mean, going back to the very first one I did with Jagger, I think when he was a, I believe, just a sophomore and I was hosting Tom Leach's show one day here at WLAP, and he came into studio wearing a UK shirt, a sophomore. It's a sophomore wearing a UK T-shirt. And I said, "You're kind of trying to send the message." And he said, "Ah, just kind of make of it what you want to." And he said, "I yeah. like it." And he went ahead and was recruited by a lot of people. But I don't think there was ever a doubt Jagger Burton was going to be a Wildcat. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think that he, the one thing that he did a, a, a really good job, he and his family, I think it, from a recruiting standpoint, is they were open to all those opportunities, you know, looking across the country, but at the end of the day, he was he was blue through and through, and that <laughs> I think that kind of showed up in that early on um, interview. Larry, what about what, anything Wandale Robinson had to say that, that stood out to you the most? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I've always thought Wondell's a pretty mature young man. I got to know him fairly well during the recruiting process. Watched him play a lot. Knew know he's high school coach. I think he's a little bit more of a. He has a little more humility about him than maybe some people think. I think he's got a great belief in himself. But I think still just. The, the fact that he worried about how he would be received back at UK, whether he would, would even be wanted after he decommitted from Kentucky. But I think what he said about that there was a lot of things going on, a lot of people pushed him different directions because 
I was one that I always thought he was in Nebraska lean, and when he came out and committed to Kentucky, it surprised me because I thought he was enamored with the offense they ran out there. Mm-hmm. But now yeah. the fact that, he, that he's going to come back, the things he said about Liam Cohen, I think I thought were very sincere on his part. I think he's going to be a really, really big plus for Kentucky this year. For sure. Uh, let's get to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Larry is on the line. Good morning, Larry. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I'll talk to all of you, but Anthony, since you played the game, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, 4.45, that's a pretty good 40, right? Yes, for the two, early 2000s, yeah. I'm sorry? He's Hello? 4.425? 4.45. Yes, that's yes. a decent number in the, in the early 2000s. Okay. What I'm calling that is I got a nephew that plays football right here in the city of Lexington. He's 6 feet 205. He went to the big Columbine up in Annapolis two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and was MVP up there. He ran a 4.4540. And I don't think... UK's even turned ahead towards him. Uh, at least he hasn't heard from him. And other schools are contacting him. Well, LCA. Okay. He's a junior. And what other schools are contact? What other schools are contacting him? I might ask. Well, I'll so just name him. <laughs> he's got. So far, he, so far, he's got four rides from the Naval Academy in Princeton. Offers. But there's other schools. Uh, I don't know who all they are. Um, but, you know, I was just wondering why he's right here. I mean, 4.45, that can play for a lot of college teams. Uh, you know, I mean, in the- he – go ahead. Larry, let me just say this. With all due respect, and, and, I, and I, I don't think Lexington... I can't hear you. I don't know what uh, problem but I can't hear you. Thank you for the call, Larry. We'll, we'll answer the question off air. Go ahead, Anthony. Sorry, there was some mixing up in the wire there. So, go ahead. I, w- I just want to let them know, I don't think Lexington uh, schools get the respect that they probably deserve uh, from the University of Kentucky as far as recruiting is concerned. And so I understand his concern. I got, you know, a lot of former players live in town, and their, and their kids re- rarely get recruited by the University of Kentucky. I think there's a stigma about the uh, the Lexington football programs and just the, the competition in general. But the, uh, but if uh, I wanted to let him know, and then no disrespect to not, no disrespect to his family members, that if you run a four four a four four. Just a flat four four in the in, in the SEC is what defensive ends and linebackers will run that. So yeah, it is extremely fast. But in this conference, that doesn't get you over the hump to say I run a four four five. I'm I'm good. And I don't know. I, I understand his concern just because he's so close to the issue. I just wanted to give him a little comfort, and I'm I'm there with him. But I don't think that's enough information. Now, if he would say that Louisville has offered him, or or Cincinnati or some, you know, but I mean, if no other SEC schools have offered you, we we can't just offer the kid just because he's from the state because we only get twenty five scholarships. Did, did, did he say what? Did he say what position he played? 
No. No, I didn't get to that. Curtis dropped him. You know, oh, he couldn't hear you. <laughs> well, A, Bo dropped him. So all blame is off me. I to- But I told Bo to do that because he couldn't hear you for some reason. So instead of going back and forth of what'd you say, what'd you say, what'd you say, we let him listen. Right, all right, fair. right. Uh, but anyway, um, Larry, we also got to talk to Justice Dingle for the first time as a Kentucky guy, and uh, we mentioned Wandale Robinson's <laughs> talking to the media. What I rather found amusing was with you, you specifically, who, who cover a lot of Kentucky high school football, uh, Josh Moore, who was on the high school prep beat before he became the beat writer for the Herald Leader for UK football, and a bunch of other guys as well, the TV guys um, that were on the press conference. It was amusing because with Justice and Wandell, it was kind of like a, uh, oh, hey, nice to meet you again, <laughs> you know, because cause you, you'd, talk, you'd all had talked to those guys in their great Kentucky high school football careers, but then they chose to go elsewhere. Now they're like, hey, we're back. Let's Let's pick up where we left off. Yeah, and I was really impressed just looking at Justice Dingle. Yeah. I mean, man, he, he passes the, the look test, and I always thought he's a really good player at, at Bowling Green High School. Didn't get the following quite that much at, at Georgia Tech, but I know several coaches at, at Kentucky that are really glad to have him back and on campus and think that he, he could be a, a surprise player for them this year. I mean, Justice was a, a terrific young man, but just, just the way his body is kind of, transformed from what I remember. I think he's a guy that uh, maybe he's going to find a way he can help us that linebacker spot. And I, think, and I think that's where he should be playing at linebacker. I think that's probably why he left Georgia Tech when they put him on that defensive front the way they did. He's always yeah. been a linebacker, and that's what he wants to be when you're a linebacker at heart. Anthony, it's hard to get that out of your blood. Yeah, if, if a guy – and you know one thing that fits into schemes and, and whatnot I was talking to guys about some of the UK guys, the high school guys coming out. The biggest the best thing you can do for a program that has nothing to do with athleticism. You have to be where you're supposed to be when have to be where where you're told to be when you're supposed to be there. And so like you said, if you're out of position, you're playing a position that that doesn't quite fit your skill set or it maybe you just don't want to do it. But if you're where you're supposed to be all the time, no matter what play the the a coordinator calls, that's bigger than being Six four two thirty and running a four two. I mean, long as you're where you're supposed to be. So you might be right. Once he got a year under his belt, now he probably understands that. You know what the coaches need me to do. I'm going to do. He he could contribute. And then the one thing about it, uh, Stoops and those guys and their staff, if you if you're doing the right things, they will let you contribute. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely true. Um, quick note, Anthony. Someone was a uh, got a message from somebody kind of. Just to give the full story on your thoughts about Lexington kids, uh, there's a there's a quarterback that's a local Lexington kid that's on the roster, and then uh, also Landon Young, of course, was a, a local Lexington kid. I know, it, I think I understand what you're talking about from a prospect standpoint, but there are quite a few local Lexington kids that have been on the UK roster for a few seasons. Well, that's from the local. No, that's from the local. Not Lexington media, but those are from the Lexington talking heads that are knowledgeable guys. That's not for me. I didn't grow up in Lexington. I don't know what Lexington football is like. So you, I got it. you. I got you. You were you no, were that was, that was directly from them. You were sharing some of. I understand. Good. I got you. 
Good yeah, glad yeah. we clarified that. You're just sharing what you were told, which is <laughs> something we love for you to do because you give you get great insight from people. So we're gonna get to a break, our final break of the show, and then we're gonna wrap up this edition of Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch. Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson, all here with you today. Spring football is getting underway this week for UK. And, Anthony, I'm guessing you'll probably be talking a, a little bit about that on the locker with Van Isles. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did, did caller Larry go and find Anthony? And they're both to have gone some words. right now. I don't know what happened. Uh oh. So now I'm worried. I am too. Bo, get them back on the line right, so on. we can wrap up this edition of the show. Um, but there will be will be spring practice uh, this week, as we mentioned at the top of the show. No blue white uh, spring game this year because of the COVID vaccine and COVID test being administered at Kroger Field this season. And so um, we'll just be, you know, basically leaning on reports from what's going on, um, from what the coaches and players have to say, and after practice media availabilities. Larry said earlier, Coach Stoops will be talking to the press tomorrow. So there'll be a, a press conference, and we'll have some comments from that to share on social media via the UK Sports Network, where... I work Monday through Friday, and uh, you'll want to check those out. Also, this week's uh, Behind Kentucky Football was with Jagger Burton, who had a lot of interesting things to say. And so if you hadn't heard that already, you can check out the podcast. Just search Behind Kentucky Football. Uh, Larry Vaught, I'm guessing there's going to be a bunch of uh, spring ball coverage on vaughtsviews.com? There will be be different things. I'm also going to have some... uh a little bit more volleyball and softball coverage. Hopefully, can talk about a softball win today. For they really need to win that one after dropping the first two. Yeah, softball uh, came. They're they are mortal. <laughs> they can lose. They they proved this week. So hopefully, they, they to your point, they need to get back on track and and get going in the direction that they were. So we'll keep an eye on that. I mentioned earlier, baseball starts. Today, pregame coverage at uh, 1245.98.5 UKAthletics.com. Darren Hedrick has the call on that. And Anthony, this week, people should be following along with the Locker 411. Yes, they should. And now the, the narrative has changed for the week. We are going to discuss. Let the people call in who gave me the information on why there's a stigma about <laughs> Lexington. <laughs> I didn't say the same Kentucky. I said Lexington. There we I'm go. Sorry. That. I like that. Get, see, you're going to talk it all out and get to the bottom of these issues, and then you're going to solve them, right? You know me. I'm a reasonable guy, man. For sure. I was. We were worried there for a minute when your call dropped. We thought maybe uh, someone was coming after you because you disrespected their nephew, but I'm glad you're back on the phone. Yeah, I know. I went over there and had a look and checked my electrical box to make sure he didn't cut my power, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi got turned off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Bo, you'll be on Cameron Mills Radio tonight, right? Yes. Anything else happening in your world? Uh, I'm gonna have to try to figure out what's going on with the phone lines before I get the uh, cast <laughs> of twenty on Cameron Mills tonight. So, yeah, um, 
not to brag on myself, but I, I feel like Cameron might have a little bit more of a uh, freak-out reaction if some calls get dropped during his program. That's just kind of how old Cam is. Love him. He's a, he's a great guy. And you guys should listen to that program tonight on these airwaves. Uh, thanks so much to everybody for listening, commenting, calling, uh, emailing, tweeting. Thanks to Bo for making the show happen. Thanks to Anthony and Larry. Thank you so much for listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.